0: Cambridge 105 Radio is a winner at this year's Community Radio Awards. Silver, Community Show of the Year, The Alan Brigham Story.
1: Most of us live in houses that aren't that old, and when we complain about people
2: building on the green belt and people ruining the view from your house by building new houses, actually your house probably ruined the view in somebody else's house when it was originally built.
0: Silver, Creative Radio of the Year, The Easts next you'll be waving banners like those cnd marchers in town can you hear yourself uh, peter and sandra will be delinquents on the street you mark my words dad i haven't even gone out yet and bronze female presenter of the year lee chambers woke up in the middle of the night to find my cat with his head in a glass of water that cannot be the first time cambridge 105 radio award-winning community radio for the city and south cambridgeshire
2: The Cambridge Film Show on Cambridge 105 Radio.
0: Hello, Cambridge.
3: Slightly different Cambridge Film Show today. I'm Ashley Whittaker. In the studio with me, I have Lorcan. Hello. And Emma. Hi there. And Yossi. Hello. We're going to talk about a couple of new releases, um, but then we're kind of going to descend into Christmas film chat, because that's what you'll all be watching for the next week or so. And this is all stuff that you can stream um, because you'll be trapped in your houses with family members and you'd like to entertain yourself against that reality. Um, Let's start off with Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. That is brand new to Netflix as of December the 9th. We've had a few Pinocchios come out recently, Lorcan. This is much anticipated. Guillermo del Toro, a really brilliant kind of avant-garde horror director Would we call him a horror director? No, you know what I mean Um, What did you make of Pinocchio? He seems like a weird choice for me to make a kid's film.
2: I think this is a, a bit of a passion project. I think there's, there's going to be some people that um, are really excited for this. We had Mad God, Mad God earlier in the year, which was like a, pa- a passion project for this some um, special effects guy. I think there's been people... Del Toro's wanted to make this for a long time. It's been in the works for ages, and this will definitely appeal to all those people who have been waiting. I think they're going to get everything they want out of it. Um, we had the horrific um, Robert Zemeckis Disney remake with Tom Hanks earlier this year so odd very and the the oddest thing about that is they they include the fact that Geppetto's son passed away and the puppets kind of got the son's soul which in a light fluffy Disney film was just the absolute wrong decision Mm. this film does the same thing but the tone is much, much, much darker than the trailers made it look, um, and Del Toro promised a much, a much darker psychological um, Pinocchio film. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't go in expecting a big happy-go-lucky family adventure. It's much more dark, and he really digs into the morals of the story. Um, it's a to PG though. Uh, there's, there's, um, there's. I mean, it just, it, similar to Roberto Benini's uh, Pinocchio adaptation, it descends into like a fascist um, tale, and he, he they do lots of strange things, uh, unique things with the story. Um, and there's some pretty heavy-hitting uh, moments in it. And it's just genuinely quite a disturbing-looking film.
4: Yeah, we were talking about this, weren't we? Because we were unsure. Because actually, the original Pinocchio was written in 1886. So whether mm. or not there was, there was sort of a similar political movement going on in Italy at the time, I really don't know why both um, Guillermo del Toro and, as you said, Roberto Benigni, because, you know, Guillermo del Toro is not an Italian filmmaker either, is he? He is Argentinian, I believe not sure spanish language anyway but i watched this um i remember watching disney's pinocchio the original animated pinocchio as a kid and i found that really really disturbing anyway i still have dreams about Yeah, the donkey and so and and a lot of this it and i think he, he takes a lot of that and he sees it it the Pinocchio himself is kind of Geppetto makes him, like we said, as a replacement for his dead son effectively, which is dark in its very in itself. It's almost finished it's almost a bit like Edward Scissorhands in that he's it, it sort of he doesn't quite finish him. So this Pinocchio is kind of he's he's not dressed in clothes, as he's just an unfinished piece of wood. But what we were saying as well, Laurel and I, and I will say it again, I did find the voice casting slightly odd in this. Mm. You have um as Geppetto, you have David Bradley, best known as Filch, from yeah. uh, the That's Harry Potter cool. series. And he is, um, I don't know, he's, there are a couple of songs in this. His singing voice isn't, his chops and singing aren't the best. Mm. I was instantly turned up at the beginning with Ewan McGregor, with absolutely smug turned up you to maximum. You don't like him in anything. I that's not true. <laughs> I have liked him in things, but in this, he is just, like I say, so he's just so smug as Jiminy Cricket. I did find the voice of Pinocchio quite charming um, and I, Gregory Mann I don't know who he is but I did also really enjoy Christos Waltz as Count Volpe who was basically the fox who if you remember the original Disney one he is the, the you know the guy who sort of takes Pinocchio uh, into servitude and makes him work at the Yeah, he's also, he also is the puppet. stromboli
2: mixed yeah. in with the fox
4: yeah um, it, is, it is remarkable I mean in terms of stop motion effects remarkable like like Lorcan said and, and Netflix would sort of say the same things it's a complete labour of love and if you love the craft behind stop motion you'll be mesmerised by this I understand they brought in Mark Gustafs- Gustafson, who was the animation expert on Fantastic, on Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox, and that who that's who's oh, coming to do this. I like the look so of there that. is a level of, of of just expertise in that that is that is to die for. Because as we all know, Fantastic Mr. Fox is a masterpiece. I'm not sure this is quite a masterpiece, but I do want to watch it again. It has stayed with me.
3: Mm. Okay, well you give Pinocchio a try. It is a PG, but. I think Emma and Lawkin are suggesting maybe for slightly older kids because it's a bit dark and yeah. Yeah. Oh, scary. Oh, yeah, there are
4: some... Cre- I mean, the Blue Fairy in this, she's not very... She is no Disney
3: Blue Fairy either, voiced by Kate Blanchett. She's pretty spooky,
4: too, and in the whole...
2: They do a fair amount of body horror stuff with Pinocchio himself.
3: Oh. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can get away with a lot when it's animated and not real people. Mm. <laughs> well, that's on Netflix. Brand new to Netflix just came out on the 9th of December. That is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Another new release. I just squeezed this in last night because Emma texted me about 80 times, like, have you seen it yet? Have you seen it yet? Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, (laughs) the first frame and the first five seconds, because I text you back, I was like, Holy, this is this looks incredible. This is The Wonder, also new to Netflix. It's been out since middle of November, starring Florence Pugh in the lead role. It's a Story about two strangers who transform each other's lives. We won't say anything more than that. It is a kind of a psychological thriller, love against evil, and... Emma, when did you think it was set? What time period are we in? Well it's this uh, is a complete mind-bender. Yeah. It's um well I I
4: I will to t- in full what's what what's well, what's what you say, you know, in full disclosure, yes. I have read the book this is based on. Okay. So this is the wonder written by Emma Donahue, who also wrote Room, which obviously was made oh, into the very successful film okay. of Brie Larson. And, and she's written so she she's a, she's an expert at writing. Um Historical-based books as well. I've mean, just the next one I've heard called Came, which is all set in Regency London. Yeah. So I did know that this was. But if you didn't know, so I knew this is meant to be based in Ireland in the mid 1800s. Right. Florence Pugh is playing a nurse who is one of Florence Nightingale's nurses, who has come, like you say, to sort of verify this miracle, or is it a miracle of a girl fasting? That's that, that's that's the yeah. premise. So I knew it was in the mid 1800s. If you didn't know that, it almost looks like medieval times, to be honest. The, 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 the amount of
2: coming from Ireland, I can vouch for.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, but I guess a little bit like the Banshees of Inner Sherim, yeah. right?
3: Because, it, you know, and it, and it's and yet, a similar, Unless you knew, you th- th- would think that could be any decade. There
4: are so many shots of just, you know, of, 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 of Lawrence Pugh sort of marching across mud-soaked landscapes. Fucking um And they live in, the, you know, they, and, and it's, you know, this, this cottage, it's it's peat. You know, literally one of the women is actually digging up the squares of peat. It, it's set just after the famine. So it is a story as well about Ireland trying to, you know, come to terms with, with this terrible devastation and disaster that happened to it. And also this idea of faith versus science. You know, Florence Pugh, our nurse, Lib Wright, is effectively a woman of science, and she's come from London for. but, you know, they also have the other person who's, who's who's on this watch looking after Anna, or looking out for Anna, who, who allegedly has been fasting for four months, is a nun. So it's very much, it's a very straightforward allegorical tale of, of, of science versus versus faith, but it's just told in the most gloriously under uh, um uh, the, the un, not underwhelming what i was trying to say just un, understated, understated in a way yeah. and I think as well Florence Pugh obviously has had quite the year and her biggest profile film obviously came out or her biggest profile role if you like was probably going to be Don't Worry Darling and mm-hmm. that was just a tsunami of publicity for all the wrong reasons so how wonderful and to see one And it was a of, terrible film And it wasn't a great <laughs> film <laughs> So how wonderful to see one of our absolute greatest talents because I really believe Florence she Pugh is. has got she, she, she will go such a long way because if you think about it from Black Widow to Don't Worry Darling which was not a great film but she was pretty good in it to this but how wonderful to see her in a role that she obviously feels so passionately about and she c- carries it her face is i
3: could watch that face all day have we convinced you guys to watch it then you're going to go home and watch the wonder
2: well i i, I remember watching sebastian lelio's uh previous film fantastic woman I, I i this is on my list definitely because that was
4: mm. a great film yeah he i mean his, again he sets you know he's the the, the he does it so ma- so much of it looks like um sort of dutch paintings i think mm. like the 1600s the colors the dresses the light it, it's framed in this odd device where they you, you start off actually in the studio where they're making a the film yes, and it, it I didn't, sweeps in i
3: didn't it was very confusing that I'll i thought them. we were going to have a completely different film when i texted you, i was like this opening shots amazing and i was hoping for more of that or i was hoping for it to be a bit like a don't worry darling type twist but it, there's just not so
4: no, it, don't it, get excited. Yeah, it's, but it is, like I say, if you read the book, you're going to enjoy it. Um, Emma Donahue wrote the script along with Sebastian Lelo, so it's a very, very, um, t- you know, truthful retelling of, of what was a very successful book. And so I think if you enjoyed the book, you're going to enjoy the film. And if you haven't read the book, you're going to enjoy it anyway. And also... Um, shout outs to both Tom Burke who plays the journalist who's there. There is an incredibly passionate scene between he and um, Florence Pugh which just sets in a film which is very understated like I say sort of set in muddy toes That that moment is just, it, is, it was quite gasp inducing oh. and also Keela Lloyd Cassidy Keila Law- Lord Cassidy who I haven't seen anything playing the young girl Anna O'Donnell. She is just charming because sometimes 9 or 10 year olds in films can end up being slightly annoying and she was not at all. She was delightful
3: ah well that's all positive i did love it and enjoy it and it's a definite not palette cleanser but it's very different to what i usually spend my december's (laughs) watching so this is grown-up serious cinema everyone if you'd like to catch a bit more of that in the festive season that's the wonder and that is on netflix and we're going to slowly ease you into the christmas stuff now okay and then we're going to ramp it up to 11 by the end but bear with us one of Yossi's favourite films and kind of an alternative Christmas film, *Tangerine*. This is back from 2015. I remember seeing it at the Picture House. It was one of the Cambridge Film Festival um, choices. I think it was nominated for every in every award season going. It is. A fantastic drama. Tell us what it's about first, Josie, and then...
1: Yeah, so this is by director Sean Baker, who I think this is, this is his debut film, but you may also recognise that name from The Florida Project and um, Red Rocket, which came out earlier this year um, and hopefully may feature on our next show as one of our top Might films do. of the year. Maybe. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, but so Tangerine is about a... Um, a sex worker Cindy who's basically on the war path because her ex has been cheating on her and she goes you follow her and her best friend um, as they go through LA um, searching for the ex to kind of get Get Vengeance. Um, so it's not quite what you would imagine, perhaps, from a Christmas film. Um, but I I really rated this when I first watched it. It's entirely shot on an iPhone 5S. I forgot Which that. you can't believe when you watch it. So I'm not going to go into too much, you know, I'm not going to talk about that too much because that's not really... You don't even notice it as wow. you're watching it, but it's entirely shot on your iPhone 5S. And um, I'm just going to point out that Kitana, Kiki Rodriguez and Maya Taylor, as the two best friends, Cindy and Alexandra, as you follow them, they've just got such great energy. Um, and it Sean Baker, I mean, I've, I've watched the three films I've mentioned, and I, he just has a real way of bringing out empathy in relationships and friendships in quite bleak circumstances you know you're you're following through different haunts in LA and you're seeing American life that isn't the glitzy world that you would imagine from LA here and he just does it in such a way that you're really engaged with these with these friends with these two friends and their journey and it's really really enjoyable
3: it's all three of his films he kind of deals with underclasses, disadvantaged people, people who are on the margins of society and never punches down um, to the working classes. I really like how he, like you said, shows them for their relationships or maybe their empathy or maybe their intelligence. It's just not kind of look at these people in poverty and let's tear anyone one out of them it's just all they're all quite lovely beautiful films and you forget what yeah. kind of grimy circumstances these people are living in because he's so invested in the characters and he's not playing to the the peanut gallery in any other way he
1: has a real knack for bringing out beauty and what could otherwise be seen as quite an ugly world in all three of his films yeah. and just Talking about location, and I've mentioned that you know you're going through what, LA, but you're going through not the LA that you would typically see in a film like this. But the way he shoots, as you're following them down the street,
3: is it, just. It's is this a film with that shot when they're riding a bike together, and they they seem so young and carefree, like kids, and these are like grown women? I loved that.
1: Yeah. So he just has a real sense of bringing out the beauty in the location, but also as we've mentioned, the the real strength in their in their friendship, and it's. It's just one I always like to point out I feel like I mention it every year when we talk about Christmas <laughs> films because it's not your typical Christmas film but I, well, I just want to get people. Die Hard's a
3: Christmas film tangerine's a Christmas film I think I think so and that's on Amazon Prime excellent so that was tangerine uh, it's saying rated R so I'm guessing it's at least a 15 in the UK and you can find that as Yossi said on Amazon Prime. Segwaying into the Christmassy, Christmassy, Christmassy bits now, but we're going to do it with superhero things because you all like that kind of thing. So these are Christmas (laughs) superheroes. Lorcan, tell us about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special.
2: Yeah, so it's like a 40-minute special. It very much looks filmed during COVID um, to kind of segue between Guardians Volume 2 and Guardians Volume 3. And I think it's, it's very much James Gunn. Kind of, because obviously he was fired, and then he made Suicide Squad, and then Disney brought him back. I think this is very much him. I mean, like it's it's going to be a bit of a wait for Volume Three, so here's something small to get you back in the mood.
0: Okay, and he's
2: a very sentimental, jolly guy. He's a James Gunn always feels like a very Christmassy guy. He's, he's, his films always have this kind of nice, wholesome friendship, family quality to them, and like people <laughs> singing, and, singing and dancing to nice pop music. Uh, I think this might put off a lot of people who aren't used to. The holiday special kind of format, which is a very American format. It's very yeah. cheesy. It's very on the nose. It's very pulling, no, it's n- n- doesn't have any qualms about just reaching in, pulling your heartstrings, and tugging. That might pull some, put some people off, but if you just kind of give yourself over to it, I think a lot of people will really <laughs> like this.
4: <laughs> Lean in. I can wholeheartedly agree, actually, because I watched the first. Um I watched the first five minutes, and it was roundly, but it was roundly shouted down by the rest of the family. It could have been because it actually came out. I think even maybe before the end, before the beginning of December, I think it came out around like November or maybe December first. Up and for everyone for was like, "It's too early. This is too early to watch it." But we went back to it a week later after one of my friends, who I trust and I trust her, um, her opinion implicitly. Said, "I can't believe I haven't watched it. You are going to love it." And I did, and I put it on, and I watched it, and I loved it, and I cried four times. The premise, very loose premise is that. Hat. Drax and Mantis go back to Earth to kidnap Kevin Bacon for Star Lord because they think he's looking miserable about Christmas because it reminds him of how he lost his, you know, lost his family. Um, so they think that to cheer him up, they will bring him Kevin Bacon back as a birthday present because obviously the whole Guardians of the Galaxy stick because Star Lord is very rooted in his own popular culture when he grew up on Earth. So Footloose is one of his favourite films ever. So this is so it does star Kevin Bacon as himself, and it also has, I believe, Kevin Bacon's band in it. Playing, who are also sort of in <laughs> underneath masks or whatever, playing a great Christmas tune. But it is incredibly touching, and I think it's really fun to see Dave Bautista and Pom Clementiff as Drax and Mantis. Um, respectively they're really given chance to kind of exercise their own comic comic chops and they get because it's at least twenty minutes of screen time for just them and I think that's a real treat. The whole thing's only about forty minutes, isn't mm-hmm. it? Well yeah well a lot of it is them going down yeah you know, like I say them them going I mean there's a there's a great scene where they're on the Hollywood boulevard and they are sort of having photos taken because people think that they are you know and she and you know Pom gets terribly excited Pom Mantis gets terribly excited and runs over to who she thinks is Captain America but obviously it's just someone dressed up to have photos yeah. taken. So that whole melding of the Marvel universe and the Real universe is there and then they have a lovely scene where they all give each other Christmas presents and I think that's when I teared up because it was just really thoughtful and if you are a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan which I am it is superheroes is- and people too guys
2: a lot of it I, thought, I think especially the gift giving thing I don't think the actors knew what they were going to get so I think a lot of it is just kind of filmed on the spot did
4: not know that oh. that makes it even
1: cuter oh, that makes me feel even worse I don't know if I was watching the same thing as you two I feel like the Grinch sat over here right now because everything everywhere all at once yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um but I really did not get on with this at all. I thought the narrative Do you like Gardens to the galaxy I in do. general? Oh okay. I do and maybe I was expecting something a bit tighter than what I got here. I thought the narrative was a little bit all over the place. I just didn't really get it. I thought it was it was touching in places but also very saccharine in other places. I I don't know. I just maybe I went in with the wrong expectations maybe i was seeing this as a narrative addition to the marvel cinematic universe and i was expecting to see things and that's not what it is
3: so this is just a one-off can i watch this having not seen any of them i think you of. do need
1: to have some understanding of the characters i, I think okay. you do need to have seen the guardians of the galaxy oh, films at least the first had one had um but i will give it another go listening to Dorkin <laughs> and emma and how much they loved it now that I have expectations that are slightly different. I might,
3: I might try it again. All right. Well, that's that's on Disney Plus, isn't it? Yes. Yes. The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special for people who like Marvel and Christmas. That's pretty much it, right? (laughs) Beautifully beautifully done. (laughs) Another new thing that dropped on Disney Plus that I was very excited for, but was then swiftly let down. A bit like when Hocus Pocus came. Two came up. Um, If you remember the Tim Allen films of the 90s, we had the Santa Claus and the Santa Claus 2, and then the third one was something to do with Jack Frost or something. It was great. Um, The Santa Clauses is back. Tim Allen is back in his role as Santa Claus. And I was so excited about this because it's one of my favourite Christmas franchises. Um, They split it into three, I think, 30-minute TV episodes, and they could have just made a a one-and-a-half-hour-long film, and that would have been very lovely. I have no idea, idea why Disney's chosen to do this, but Tim Allen's character, Scott Calvin, he's getting older, turning 65 and thoughts of retirement are coming to him he's getting a bit too fat for some of the chimneys and a bit too out of breath for running around he's decided in his own words um so he needs to go and find a replacement he comes back to kind of the real world and tries to talk his son into being santa but he doesn't want to do any of that um his wife thinks that his family grew up on an oil rig and that's what his dad does and he lives out in the middle of nowhere and that's why they never see him so she's like i'm not gonna go and do this but yeah he doesn't end up well actually hang on that's a spoiler (laughs) (laughs) i won't tell you who ends up being santa that would be terrible it's exactly like the original three santa clauses in look and feel and tone and story and humor which is perfect and brilliant and exactly what we want it's everything's getting softer now then especially on disney plus if you rewatch some of the films you loved in the 90s as a kid there are some adult jokes in there that we just went completely over our heads and you're just not allowed to do that anymore so it's slightly less cheeky um it's a certificate pg but yeah i just don't know why they've broken it up into these three episodes it's weird have you guys seen the originals do you like the originals this yeah. is
4: not my era, you know. Speaking, it wasn't as your grand era dame of the uh, CFS Christmas <laughs> Christmas film show. It was a little bit after my era, I think. So I don't think I've ever actually even seen the Santa Claus. I'm aware of it, obviously.
1: I've yeah. I've seen it, and I have a question for you, actually, Ash. Yeah. Then, because I've not watched the TV show, but I I haven't watched the, the Santa Claus for quite some time. Yeah. Is it worth watching this TV show, or should I just go and watch the Santa Claus again?
3: Uh... How invested are you in the franchise? Do you care? What I'm not to that Scott invested Calvin? at all. Then don't bother. It's okay. just a nice little roundup of a bookend. Tim <laughs> Allen's not going to play this character again. It does lack a lot of the sass of the originals, which is what I really liked about them. Yeah, hindsight being slightly inappropriate, maybe, but totally worth it. And uh, yeah, it just really ruins the flow for me to split it up into those mm. three little things it's it's all right
4: I, would, I mean would that be do you think now that could be a financial decision by disney to split things up into into tv into I, tv I
3: bites i have no can't idea. Oh,
2: more think. content i guess
3: yeah maybe yeah I, I smashed through them all in one go and it was very jarring to have the the pace drop and then we'll slowly come back up again and oh another 30 minutes has gone so the pace drops it's just an hour and a half long film
2: is it the the production budget I assume is TV budget so it'll look more like a TV movie it
3: looks great it looks like a film budget Disney's got money Disney's got a lot of money (laughs) yeah yeah
4: it, it looks very
3: big and fancy. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're always we're always a sponsorship Disney Plus. I'm joking. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> what what kind of disclaimer should we put on the end of that? I'm really scared. Yeah, there are so many rules here now, Emma. <laughs> I am so sorry. Well, that was the Santa Clauses on Disney Plus, starring Tim Allen back in his role for the last time. That's not a spoiler. As Santa. Speaking of massive budgets, this one is another Apple original film another streaming platform that has money to throw around and they threw it at this. This is spirited. Um, It's Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds in a two-hander. It's a modern musical take on the Charles Dickens story on Scrooge. So basically we've got will ferrell as the ghost of christmas present and ryan reynolds is the nasty man who he's trying to convince to change his ways uh ready in time for christmas morning and we've got octavia spencer's character in this i love as well but should we go emma first you we, well, like. we
4: covered this. Well, we covered this as a as a release well, on the we, show. Yeah. We, 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 it was justified by being a being release of this. But I think I brought this back up because I will tie it into one of the other ones. That, well, we're not really talking about. Um, obviously, a Christmas Carol is the evergreen gift that keeps giving for Christmas adaptations. You know, you've got from the Muppets Christmas Carol to the finest adaptation. Robert Semeckis' Jim Car- with the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol, which I have a really strange affection for, it's and terrible. I know many people don't. But I think it's a very good I would classic. Agree with you. Thank you, Yossi. Yeah. It's a classic telling of the um. Of the movie, sorry, it's a classic telling of the story, and it's um yeah. Anyway, I, I have all the time for me. Christmas starts when I watch that version of it. Um, but recently, Netflix have just landed Scrooge, a new animated version of it with a really, really good voice cast. You're looking at Olivia Coleman and Luke Evans, and Fra Fee, who's just finished playing um, the MC in the wonderful stage production of Cabaret, the Kit Kat Club, and I turned Scrooge off within. Nine minutes. It hurt my eyes. The animation <laughs> hurt my eyes. The songs hurt my ears. It was awful. No, no, no. This is Scrooge. So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if you want a little touch of Christmas Carol, what I would Spirit is a much better option to go for. They're trying to kind of capture some of Elf along with this. The songs are written by Benji, Benji Paul, um, Benji and. Uh, Benji someone. Benji, they're How the guys. Work, Benji? No, there's two of them. One of them's called Benji, and they're the guys who wrote the songs <laughs> for The Greatest Showman and La La Land. I,
1: I was going to oh, say, if you like The Greatest Showman, give and the us songs a watch, do that, yeah, because the they sound yeah very and similar, and the choreography
4: is quite like uh, yes, as well, quite yes. that stampy choreography. I,
1: <laughs> I actually only realised on the last show when I when Emma said, "Oh, it's by the writers of The Greatest Showman music," and I thought that's why I enjoyed it yeah. so much. But it's it's really fun, I
3: think. It's fun. it's a different kind of Christmas film. It's kind yeah. Of- I think more males and teens would like it than likes the normal sugary sweet Christmas fare. I think they're really trying to get that audience. So
2: it's a very clever script as well. Like it, it, you, it's it's two. It's just over two hours, and I was worried. I was like, oh, how much can like just Christmas schmaltz can we? Can we go through in, in two hours? But the, the plot goes in unusual directions and it keeps adding layers onto the characters to make the ending particularly satisfying.
3: I loved the little twist.
4: That was yeah. lovely. Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, known together as Pasek and Paul. That's why I was getting They are the writers. I really do wish to say. I think it would probably be professional to let everyone know their actual names. Loving your um, work. But yeah, I, I agree, and I think it's a really—it's quite a clever take on. Okay, you know, it, it starts as an, but it, but it goes places you're expected to go, and it really is it, like a bit like *Save Scrooge*, was probably my most similar feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um. And, you know, if you like Ryan Reynolds doing his thing and you like Will Ferrell doing his thing, because, you know, Will Ferrell gets to do that kind of wide-eyed innocence when he sort of comes back to Earth, if you like, as a ghost of Christmas parents, He's he
1: gets playing to do that Buddy elf the elf, elf
0: in this. He is it. a bit elf-like <laughs> in
1: this. But also I want to just give a shout-out. It's nice to see Octavia Spencer having a bit of fun in this too. Oh, and she was so sweet and lovely, yeah.
4: Yes. and it did, and it does it's one of those films sometimes you watch films I think where it looks like the actors have fun making it but that doesn't translate over you're just like you clearly have fun making it but that yeah. is not making me have fun watching it, it this works, is different yeah. I think there's a really nice feeling amongst the cast here and it feels like they did have a good time making yeah. it and they did you know. there's been a lot of stuff both Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds have talked about how they're I not dancers they're not singers yeah. they must have riffed
3: loads of it I think a lot of yeah. it is on the spot humour and love between the two of them if you are made to sit through a Christmas film at some point and you don't normally like them I'd say spirited is a good one to go for,
4: and I think it could become a bit of a rewatcher as well. I I've think, got to think so. it yeah, so, Could end so. up because I think more you listen to the songs, the catchier they are, which is often you know off the way. So yeah, I'm 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 a fan.
3: She's a fan, guys. Right, we are about halfway through the show, so we should give you a break from our voices, but we are back with more wall to wall Christmas, <sighs> and it's descending into like the worst Christmas films are at the end, but they're so bad they're good. They're those kind of Christmas films. You know what I mean.
2: Cambridge 105 Radio.
0: On Monday evening, join DJ Kuriakin for two hours of Roots, reggae, dancehall and lovers rock.
2: It's called Painting on Silence, the album, and it's the Uppercut band collaborating with a variety of artists. You've also got people like Glenn Washington on there, Carol Thompson, Luciano and others. Uh, You'll definitely be hearing more from that.
0: Revelation Time, Monday night at 9 on Cambridge 105 Radio.
2: Yeah, so just keep it locked.
0: Listen live on Radio Player.
2: CKLG accountants are a friendly team of accountants and tax advisors with big firm expertise. I'm Lawrence, director of CKLG,
0: responsible for business services. We understand that running a successful business brings many challenges. Our experienced business services team provide a bespoke service and
3: offer professional advice at every stage of your business journey, allowing you the freedom to focus more on what you do best.
2: To find out more, call us on Cambridge 810100 to arrange an initial chat with one of our specialists or visit our website cklg.co.uk cklg accountants your partner in business your partner in life
3: Hello, welcome back to the Cambridge Film Show. I'm Ashley Whitaker. I've got Lorcan, Yossi, and Emma in the studio with me. We're talking Christmas things that are available to stream. We are in the portion of the show now where we're going to introduce you to the notion of a one-star film that's a five-star experience. You know the drill. It's kind of like the Hallmark Christmas films. They're so bad, they're good. They've all got the same plot, basically, All of the characters all look the same. Gay people don't exist. People of colour don't exist in these worlds. It's quite something. We're going to start off with just a really rubbish one that I loved. New to Netflix, this is The Noel Diary, starring Justin Hartley, who you might know from This Is Us. This is his first kind of big film vehicle for himself off the TV. Yossi, tell us what happens in the fire, brilliant Noel Diary.
1: Um... It's interesting that you say that they all follow the same plot because this one actually doesn't follow okay, the typical I'll give you that. Hallmark Christmas movie. This is plot. slightly different. This one is slightly different. Um but Justin Hartley um goes back, uh he, he he wasn't on speaking terms with his mother, I don't believe, and she passes away, so he goes back to sort out her affairs and um finds a diary and a lovely young woman who is played by i'll scroll so you by can have a bonnie Nope. no by barrett, barrett Doss. Doss. yes that's it and um they try to find out a little bit she she's looking for more information on her mother and they go on a little bit of a a journey together uh physically and emotionally mm. let's say i mean <laughs> this film isn't great uh, it's not really one of the top Christmas films I would pick for this year but if nope. you're like me and you go through Netflix every Christmas to find every single Christmas film you can there is something quite sweet about it and I absolutely love Justin Hartley because I, I really adore This Is Us although I cry every single episode that's and what it's he, for you're supposed to that's, it's very much about the feelings <laughs> um and in this, he just brings that same troubled warmth that he does in This Is Us, and that, for me, made it quite watchable. He
3: always has, like, the golden retriever face. He
1: does, yes, he That's does. That's what he's good at. He just looks like a <laughs> sad puppy. He does it puppy. so
4: well, and I don't know, I just want to hug him all the time, so...
3: It's, yeah, we had...
4: Go on, Emma. Can I ask you ladies a question? I noticed <laughs> this has in the um, cast list Bonnie Badila, who is, of course, Holly from the most famous Christmas, not Christmas film, Die Hard. It's Bruce this wife. Oh, was she's is she, wife.
3: Is she playing the mother? I take it because she would be a she's bit. She's I... the deceased mum, and yeah. you only see her in flashback. But I think.
4: I, I like the fact that that is. That, I think that's quite a clever piece of casting, perhaps
3: because I haven't seen her in it anything. Would have been time if we'd style. known that.
4: <laughs> I like yeah, how I'm telling that. you now. <laughs> you, you always bring such information. <laughs> I, like, I like to try. <laughs> I couldn't even. I'm going to say though. I I looked at the trailer for this, and I couldn't even bring myself to. I couldn't. I just couldn't.
3: It's no. Yeah, I'm looking up. So the director. Charles Shire I was looking up to see what else he'd done He's wrote Private Benjamin Father of the Bride And The Parent Trap These are juggernauts of brilliant cinema So I don't know quite what he's doing here Well, Hallmark films are kind of where people go to die Career-wise in general So if you're rocking up in Christmas films on TV every year You're at the end of your working life So maybe that's what Shire's up to Bless him.
4: Well, I mean, um crikey, Private Benjamin, Goldie Horn's Private bit It's Benjamin the best Goldie out. Horn film Well, yeah, time. it's a bit no, insane, it He's up. also
3: 42 years old, so yeah, there you That's go. That's older so than us, Emma, apart from you. <laughs> That's why I remember it's okay. Um, okay. Yeah, no, but, but Okay. You, yeah, you're
4: right. It's brilliant. And Father of Bride is also an excellent yeah. example of its time in terms of comic writing. So this didn't look funny, though, from the trailer. It just looked terribly There's not sincere. a single comedic
3: moment in it. They've, they've written comedy on IMDB, but that is false advertising. It's a romantic drama. I think they giggle during a road trip, and that's the only time anyone laughs. <laughs> I laughed a lot during it because it was so rubbish, but I loved it. I loved every second. One-star film, five-star experience. That's the vibe, people. That's the Noel Diary on Netflix. Steer clear unless you're into that kind of thing. (laughs) Now, Emma is also trying to bully me into watching this next thing. She's like, you must see it, you must see it, because you know I love this kind of rubbish. This is over on Amazon Prime. It's called Something From Tiffany's. And before you even tell me what it's about, I think I know already, but tell us officially, Emma. What's the plot
4: line? I believe it is based on a book by an Irish author, Melissa Hill, apparently. Um, And This has been, I won't lie, it's been all over my social media because it stars Zoe Deutsch, daughter of Leah Thompson and Howard Deutsch director of probably one of the best 1980 films some kind of wonderful which you should really seek out if you haven't seen it eric stoltz via thompson anyway awesome um and i really like zoe Deutsch, and she always she always brings great fashion as well to the red carpet so they have been pushing at the promo for this hard it only dropped yesterday on amazon prime and it is a little bit more i would say than a hallmark movie i would say the budget looks a bit bigger And it stars Zoe Deutsch and a guy who I haven't seen anything called Kendrick Sampson, but my word, he's super easy on the eye. And of course, and Ray Nicholson, who I only realised halfway through is Jack Nicholson's son. So this is our love tribe. And actually, we have Love, we have, and Shay Mitchell. So these are the four actors playing Vanessa who are making up our love, our love quartet, if you like. Love Square. And the, um, yeah, Love Square, correct. (laughs) And the clue is in the title. the lovely um, Ethan has gone to go and pick a beautiful engagement ring for his girlfriend Vanessa, who is over in in, in Hawaii, but he is trying to persuade her back and propose to her because he wants to stay in New York because he's a writer in New York is where he inspires him. So he goes in with his overly cutesy daughter to pick a um, to pick an engagement ring. At the same time, we have... Jack Nicholson's son, scroll down.
3: Jack Nicholson's son Nicholson. plays. We have
4: Ray Nicholson playing Ray. Gary. Gary. Um, who's going in and he just says he, he just wants to get a present that is um, not too expensive, he says, for his girlfriend. <sighs> Gary comes out, gets knocked down by a car. Luckily, he's not terribly hurt. But what would you know? The two bags get swapped. And that is essentially the mix-up. So... Gary, who is going out with the lovely Zoe Deutsch, who's playing Rachel Mayer, who is a... Does she get a key ring or something in the end? Well, no, she's meant to be getting (laughs) a cheap present, but of course she gets the ring, so, you know, there's a whole mix-up about whether or not, you know, they've been proposed to, not proposed to, has Gary done the right thing? Um, Zoe Deutsch is playing one of those almost manic pixie dream girls, in that she is a a very talented baker but she likes to talk to her ingredients and she makes a mess like a toddler in the kitchen but she can't help it because she's just a creative free spirit and should she really be with gary or is gary styming her and so when she meets ethan there's there's some kind of connection but they're both with other people what's gonna happen yeah i think we can all guess
3: i was confused so yeah ethan does have the girlfriend. Ethan yeah, wants to get engaged. Ethan wants to get engaged, or thinks he wants to get engaged. Okay. Does he want to get engaged? Maybe he just hasn't met the right person. Oh, Look, so the back not... swap is the universe's way of, oh, this
2: it's, is fire. Exactly. It sounds a lot like um, While You Were Sleeping, which is also a fantastic Christmas, Christmas film. I love like, It's
4: nowhere near as good as While You Were Sleeping. But <laughs> I was going to say, okay, uh, yeah. a, it, yeah. it, it, There is similarities so, there. Okay. I mean, it's no, this is no Sandra Bullock. But I do, it, it has, like I say, I think it has a pretty decent budget. It's good-looking people in good-looking locations. And in good looking clothes, you know, being Christmassy and festive and yeah, romantic. Okay. And it also has a lot of very conscious nods, I think, to nineties rom coms, which I think if you are a fan of the Nora Ephron Nancy Myers yeah, genre from the nineties so. and naughties, which I think I'm probably talking to both Yossi and Ashley when I say
3: that, I yes, think you'll really the enjoy <laughs> the the conscious
4: the, 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 the conscious okay. shout outs they have to that
3: good because that is a genre that is so poo-pooed because it's usually women who like that genre but they are fire films and we mentioned really briefly while you're sleeping that is an incredible christmas film mm. find it somewhere someone will be streaming while you were sleeping i love it and
4: actually i must shout out as well because in this she has a sassy queer best friend this is um zoe Deutsch, who is played by and let me look this up very quickly if you could scroll down played by jojo t gibbs who was Ooh. also playing the excellent sassy best friend in fresh, very different film. That Disney, scary. the Disney Plus kind of, yeah, body horror, mm-hmm. one that came out with um, Daisy Edgar-Jones. But she was a, she was a really refreshing, I, I, I think she's got good things ahead of her. She was, I, I, I okay. really enjoyed her in it too. It, yeah, the script, is, it, it's kind of clunky, like I say, it, it, but it's, it was really, it was pretty.
3: I liked him. Yossi, we have to watch this. This sounds right well, up our Well, I was street.
1: just thinking, I, I really want to watch this. And um, Kendrick Sampson, who plays Ethan... Correct. ...is... Um the guy from
4: Insecure with Issa Rae, which I absolutely love, so oh, that's yeah.
1: that's reason enough for me to watch
4: it. Yeah, there we go. He's got so it's definitely got some known talent in there, and I think I've talked on this show or maybe in our in our day to body podcast about how much I like Zoe Deutsch brings a real energy to um, the
3: parts that she plays, and I and I'm, I'm I there really for it. like her as an actress, actually. Yeah, Even with my anti nepotism rule, I started to like her before I realised who her parents were, so she gets a pass.
4: <laughs> I think she's very happy about that. So yeah, that's something from Tiffany's, and it just dropped yesterday.
3: Well, would you say that's a one-star film and on a five-star experience, or is it maybe two and a half? I'm going to say, to be honest, it's probably a three-star film, three-star experience. OK.
0: Oh, that's pretty good.
4: Well, Middling. I mean, but it's not a five-star. I feel, I feel bad, and I'm not giving a it five-star It's not <laughs> quite cheesy
3: enough to be a five-star experience, but it, it, was, it was pretty. Speaking of cheesy, we're going full cheese. These next three, you're all going to hate. They're so good. I so really
4: want to see the one that's coming up now. I haven't watched <laughs> this yet and I am desperate to.
3: Who remembers Freddie Prince Jr, everyone? Me! Me. <laughs> He's back in the place careers go to die in a TV Christmas film. And it's awful and I loved it. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Christmas With You. It's a pop star. She's got career burnout. She leaves the big city to go to this tiny little town where she needs to find inspiration to write her song. This is your
1: typical... That. Hallmark Christmas
3: film plot, right? There's like,
4: normally a woodworker involved. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know yeah. that yet.
3: We haven't really explained the Hallmark formula to them. We're just assuming that they're one of us and they know. So a female always has to give up her career and go back to a smaller place in North America. Because um, you shouldn't have careers if you're girls, you've got to go back to where you grew up. Um, give up your job because your job is to find and fall in love with and marry a man who's maybe a carpenter or he runs an inn. Those are usually the only two jobs that the leading male has. And Which one is Freddie Prince Jr? Well, neither. I think he's a I think he's a music teacher in this.
4: Do you remember though Love Hard from last year, which was set that we performed on Love Actually and Die Hard? He was a candle maker. She went home to her hometown, yeah, and he was it's always artisan like an artisanal
3: candles. something or other. But yeah, this pop star comes back and needs inspiration. I think she's got a sham relationship with another famous pop star. And then she meets Freddie Prince Jr.'s daughter, who is also an aspiring singer. I think I'm talking about the right film because they are all the same. And I have watched 80 in the last two days. Um, And they probably fall in love, don't they? And she coaches his daughter to be a really confident singer. And this really famous person falls in love with this small town guy. It would never happen. Yours? have you seen this one yet?
1: No, it's on my list.
3: It's, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. is in the lead role. And then we have someone called Amy Garcia, who is the leading lady. I don't know her from anything else. She's done bits of TV from the looks of it. I think this is her only big film. They are,
4: as I noticed, an older couple. Is there any widowing involved in it? I mean, I didn't point out. Yes. In something for Tiffany's Ethan Freddie is a Freddie Prinze
3: Jr. is a widow, yeah. Divorces also don't um, exist in Hallmark Christmassy films, because that's against their beliefs or whatever well
2: they exist but only to be overcome at the end
3: right yeah um it's directed by someone called gabriella tagliavini um who i also didn't know anything about they've done little bits of tv as well i think they're a very exciting i'm just reading now i shouldn't be reading while i'm on the radio they're from mexico nice young female director so Support her work, guys. Lorcan, you're going to hate this. And we,
4: was it... A- <laughs> oh, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You're-
2: female directors. No.
4: M- <laughs> Lorcan hates one- female directors. Was it a one-star movie with five-star it's experience?
3: half a star. Half a star. But it's a five-star experience. There's just so many tropes. They're almost taking the mick out of themselves. It's so on the nose. I Well, I've actually it. seen the
2: next one. I quite enjoyed it.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that was on... This is Christmas with you, new to Netflix. It is not the biggest Netflix Christmas film this year because we've got Freddie Prince Jr, Career Revival, I Will Raise You, a Lohan. Lindsay Lohan is back. She's overcome all sorts of things, like a real-life Hallmark character lady. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> Falling for Christmas. They, they have to be, they have to, have to, have to be trolling us because the writing's just hilarious. She is... She is aware of what she's doing. She knows this is so stupid, but she's leaned so far into the stupidity of this genre, it comes full circle, and she lands that plane. It's fabulous. Falling for Christmas, Lorcan. You actually were into this, or is that a joke? Yeah, no. I,
2: it's, 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 <laughs> Tell us that, what you, it's about. You, you hinted at it, so it's. Um I think mean, we we joked about it on on the episode we reviewed, basically calling it Christmas overwords. Um Lindsay Lohan is this uh, heiress to some fortune, uh, industry fortune uh, hotels. Hotels. She lives in, in a big city. I think it.
4: there is a Paris Hilton vibe. Yes. I don't think that's that's. Oh a, sure, I yeah. Feel yeah. that's probably deliberate. Well,
2: how timely. <laughs> um, and then she, uh, while she's being proposed to by her um, loser influencer, but very popular uh, fiance uh, boyfriend, uh, she falls off a cliff uh, and wakes up effectively in the arms of uh, studly ski lodge owner who's trying to get his business um, to compete with the big dogs. Uh, and I mean, you don't, I, even, I don't even need to go into anymore. You know exactly what's going to happen.
4: But she has that well, she has amnesia.
2: Yes, oh, sorry, she has amnesia, yeah. so she doesn't have oh, yeah. amnesia. Meanwhile, her boyfriend is wandering through the tundra <laughs> <laughs> um, and has his own little side mission, which is adorable. Um, but it, you kind of hinted at it. I, it's it's a weird one because it almost feels kind of post-ironic where it's like... It
3: is. You, it's incredibly meta. It's like it's
2: like a Rebel Wilson movie, but without the self-awareness.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're just having a really good time. And I really enjoyed the bit where she's in the car and they... um do a little wink wink nudge to Mean Girls because they put on Jingle jingle Bell Rock rock and she sings the bit that she sings in that and you just see this little smile on her face I'm like Lindsay Lohan is having a good time in this
4: film I think we talked about it before. it's nice if nothing else because Lindsay Lohan obviously has had a lot of time in the wilderness and and a lot of well-documented issues and so see her coming back and looking like herself again I think she just looked she looks really good in this film like good I mean like you know whatever maybe there could have been some surgery mistakes which you now corrected themselves she just looks healthy and well that's Emma's I,
3: opinion not the opinion of Cambridge 105 radio that's true
4: <laughs> um, but I think she just looks healthy and well it's nice and, you, and you're reminded that of course let's not forget she was this huge breakout star for Disney you know Freaky mm. Friday The Parent Trap Mean Girls people had so much hope for her and yeah. then for one reason or another the, the it never quite materialised so yeah. it was fun to see her because obviously this is kind of not, this wasn't probably just like low risk re-entry into stardom for her but i think yeah. it's worked from what i can understand i think people in general have been quite warm to this and i think it's very worked for her and the um guy playing the world's mm. most ineffective hotel owner like i think i said at the time, for someone who has no money all he does is light lights and put christmas trees in every single bedroom which
3: seems very very
2: I'm fake it till you make
3: it you know it's called over street from glee, glee. glee. yeah, yeah that's what and I'm it's saying. Yeah, we're getting super old when the small babies from Glee are starring as widowed business owners in films. I'm like, no, you're 11. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, he is, obviously, he ticks the widower box... Yep. There's oh, a super
1: no. smiley child. There's a child. That
3: is his child. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. his child. And yeah. obviously Lindsay Lohan needs to, a bit like the last film we talked about, the exact same thing happens, everyone. Well, they they make a bond with their love interest's child and that shows that they're a brilliant person. Well, I
4: think in this case, the child that goes to see Santa and makes a wish that she'd like a new mum for Christmas or something and then literally in the next second, My Lindsay Lohan suffers severe head trauma and falls off a mountain. You're meant to be going, yay, that's just what we wanted to (laughs) It is. It is knowing. I think it is. You, and it's yeah, certainly it be. better than last year's Netflix offering, which was, of course, Christmas in the Highlands or something, which was Brooke Shields. Oh my Shields. God, that was incredible. Oh my God, God. I forgot oh, that. about that. Oh, I quite you, enjoyed that And one. at it's one point, she's watching shocking. it. Lindsay Lohan is watching that. Is she's she? Yeah, that's she is, yeah, I mean That's ne- hilarious. Well, Netflix, obviously, it's like boxes within Go
3: boxes. Go and look boxes. for that Brooke Shields movie. It's because not called Christmas in the Highlands. I made that up. <laughs> I think it might be. It's <laughs> not far off. It's, it's Christmas in the castle, isn't it? A castle for Christmas. A castle for Christmas. That was it. So yeah, I think you're right. I think Lindsay Lohan's having a good time in this. She knows this isn't a big Oscar contender, but she's putting her heart and soul into it. Cordover Street is adorable. Everyone's really putting a shift in to try and make this kind of this is a good this is a
2: good segue if you're not used to this kind of this is a really good entry they've actually
3: tried hard to make this one good it's not so bad it's good but the brooke shields one you must watch a castle for christmas because we're talking about Lindsay lohan being quite knowing and she's just leaning into it and having a good time brooke shields thinks she's in an oscar level (laughs) film and it is harrowing to watch oh. as she starts to realise like the more scenes I shoot like this can't be real but c- it's real Brooke Any, what have any you done to your that has a
4: knitting club in the pub <laughs> so one of his significant story parts has got to be worth seeing I kind of with you I didn't actually hate it that much also luxurious <laughs> costumes luxurious tartan costumes the amount yeah. of flounces they put on in a castle for Christmas is impressive
3: yeah and they, they wear a lot of cream which is highly impractical for an eating holiday and, and yeah, lots of dry clean only wool. Again, you're in a castle. I don't think they have laundry service like that. It's those were the two big plot holes for me in I a castle. Who knew would go Christmas.
1: into that level of detail about Christmas films today? <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, don't watch a castle at Christmas. Do watch. Um, falling for Christmas if you love these hallmarky style films this is that on steroids it's just box tick box tick box tick but everyone does try really hard we are doing actual acting here Um, it's not kind of a a phoning in thing this last one has divided opinion And I'll tell you why I'm right in a bit, (laughs) but (laughs) this is Your Christmas or Mine. It's an Amazon Prime original. There's so much original content coming out this year because Christmas films are great and everyone finally realises. But this is a good old-fashioned British Christmas film. We're good at these. Even though Love Actually is terrible, but everyone votes it the greatest Christmas film of all time. We're good at this. It's a very different tone to the Hallmark Christmas films, which are super American, super saccharine, kind of red, gold and green, family This blah, 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 nuclear family. The English ones are always a bit more biting and everything's always a bit more different. Um, I loved it. I think everyone else hated it.
4: I've not seen it.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... Uh,
4: oh. I have seen it. I wouldn't
3: say I hated it, but you were like,
4: it's great. And I was like... Eh. But but you know just- what
3: I mean when I say great?
4: I watched it about. It is starring Ace, but it's Ace it it's directed by a guy. who's done a lot of TV directing. I just looked. He directed the two seasons of Trying and Coronation Street. He also has Coronation Street. Angela Griffin. That's why Angela Griffin's in it. Coronation Street alumni, yeah. Angela Griffin and yeah, and and Cora Kirk, who hadn't seen anything, playing Haley. So the um the idea is that Haley and James are madly in love after their first term at drama school and so they're saying goodbye to each other at the station and then at the last minute they both are sitting on their trains going home and they're like, you know what, I want to be with this person for Christmas. So they both swap trains and it's oh an hilarious God. turn of events. It's she hilarious. goes home to his parents and he goes, <laughs> whoopsie! Yes. They did the odd switch of a run you never guessed but if the weather's so bad they can't get back the to the train, house. There's
3: no trains, everybody's mm-hmm. trapped.
4: And there'll be all kinds of secrets coming out but the main secret, which is not, not to get at the beginning is, that James is in fact very, very rich and posh. He lives in a rational castle like yeah. Brooke Shields. He does, and <laughs> his father. Actually, I did enjoy it. Alex Jennings played his father the the right
3: honorable hubert hubert or something i, I, I quite I I, yeah, his real him. name is pubert i think <laughs> asa butterfield's character but it's he, really called he hubert, calls called himself yes. james um humphrey that's, that's it humphrey and hubert yeah.
4: and back in man back in some un- unspecified northern location you have Haley's family working who are, yes, who um, are a working class yes driving an ice cream van
3: not the kinds of people that the posh dad wants going out with his daughter.
4: But I, but <laughs> but again, then I enjoyed Daniel Mays, who I know mostly from Ashes to Ashes, playing the sort of sinister. Oh, um, he's the
3: terrible one in
4: Fishman's Friend, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, so, and he. That and was just a great for him. It, it was not the worst at all. It was
3: it was as you say, Ashley. It was cute enough, and it did make me chuckle on a couple of occasions. But. Yeah. Um, It's very sweet. I think if you've had that kind of English Christmas, that's what really warmed my heart. If you're like living in a tiny little house and you just bring that one table out once a year and shove it in the lounge because there's no room for everyone. You have everyone's weird grandmas over because you have to and like all the tinfoil kind of working class Christmas. I loved that kind of stuff.
4: And I am famously, see, I'm really, I, re- I also really hate Love Actually, and I also really hate The Holiday. In fact, I hate quite a lot of Yeah, God, I don't but, like
3: this like, do So I,
4: there, there is a rawness to this, which is quite appealing. bit. Yeah,
3: there's a little you edge to You don't want to start this. me off on Love Actually, I cannot stand Wildly that problematic. Film. It is not aged well. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a little bit of an edge to Your Christmas or Mine. Like I said, it's, it's the English version of a Hallmark film. It still is really schmaltzy, but our writing's just a bit different, so it's, ever so slightly less on the nose. <laughs> it's a bit like watching a classic British
4: sitcom, I think, for an hour and a half. Like yeah. you're talking about how the Santa Clauses could have been a movie. This, this to me, could have possibly, they could have extended yeah. it into, into, you know, into maybe a six-episode a six sitcom. And maybe that makes sense because the director is, is used to directing TV episodes. Mm. Um, but it, it did feel, feel a
3: bit tv Yeah, you're yeah. right. This is a nice one. I think Spirited's a good one to go in for if you don't really like Christmas films. This is also kind of one that if you're forced to watch a Christmas film, you're don't hate this entirely,
4: but I do want to give Lorcan a quick shout out for the best Chris, his favorite Christmas song of all time, which is coming out for its 30 year anniversary. It's
2: a, yeah, it's the 30th anniversary of um, Batman Returns. <gasps> no, not uh, no, I sorry. love um, it. Uh, so yeah, it's a people don't think about it as a Christmas film but it's wildly it's Christmas. Christmas like I mean Batman flies around a Christmas tree in the, mm-hmm. in the, towns, in the Gotham City Town Centre so yeah it's the 30th anniversary of that so I think um, a lot of cinemas are going to be do- screening that and I, I think it's high time because it's so wonderfully dark and mean spirited, um, but at the same time, by the by the time the film ends, it it just has like a wonderful kind of noirish, yeah. happy Christmas feeling what in a very strange way. What did you think way. was
3: going to happen if you asked Tim Burton to direct exactly. a Christmas film? You get a Tim yeah. Burton Christmas.
2: Every film. frame is full of Christmas. It's wonderful. I
3: love that. I know it's on at the Light. Is the Picture
2: House showing We're showing it from the seventeenth. Yeah.
3: Oh, excellent! I actually might go because we're obviously too young, Emma, um, <laughs> to have seen that in the cinema first Shade. time round. Shade. Wow.
4: Shade. wow. wow
3: before i play the greatest christmas song of all time super quick then we already know what Lorcan's favorite christmas film is emma what have you got what do you reckon
4: oh my goodness oh that's go go to Yosie first while i try go, and judge one oh, out sorry out of the ones we've
3: covered today or no, just in general in real life muppets christmas carol i love which muppets i think christmas. is on disney plus but like it's part wrong. of the Disney canon. Yeah. I've got it on VHS, so I can watch it whenever like. I like. I um, like Just Friends. It's one of my favourite films of all time. Frame for frame, line for line, best comedy writing ever. I Ryan, another Ryan Reynolds one.
4: I do like It's a Wonderful Life. If we're talking classic Christmas movies, I have to admit. But the movie I always watch at Christmas and the movie yes. I introduce Lorcan to two Christmas ago is on the television: The Seven Brides, Seven Brothers. Oh my God! And also, um, oh, <laughs> Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh. with Have Yourselves a Merry Little Christmas to Judy Garland. That is that is an awesome... It's only got one bit that's Christmas. It's not traditionally a Christmas film, but it feels very Christmassy to me. So, yeah, I hark back to old musicals
3: love it well there's something for everyone i hope we've done the job albeit by going the wrong way around but please do watch all these rubbish christmas films because they're amazing they're actually amazing um, and remember that guillermo, guillermo del toro's pinocchio is out on netflix and the wonder is out on netflix those are your big new releases and the rest was wall-to-wall christmas today thanks guys the next show which i think is christmas eve it's so close it's the top twen- top 12 of the year everyone's best films of the entire year. We pack the studio with about 50 of us. It's going to be great. So listen to that. Thank you, guys. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye. Bye, everyone. The Cambridge Film Show on Cambridge
0: 105 Radio.